Hello everybody, hope you're okay. Thank you very much for choosing to join me today. This session is focused on another aspect of blood pressure, which is the eye examination. So very quickly, just going to look at firstly why I think this is such an important part of your examination and then follow up with how to do it and a little bit about what to look for. So in answer of that first question, why should we do an eye examination? Um, really overwhelmingly, the reason for this is that ocular target organ damage is commonly seen in cats with genuine systemic hypertension. So the eye examination can be incredibly helpful in identifying, I can't speak today, apologies, identifying patients um, that have hypertensive damage. So uh, finding those patients that have that damage and also helping very much in those cases where um, uh, we're not sure whether or not the high blood pressure reading that we're getting is due to genuine hypertension uh, or due to what is known as situational hypertension. And this is where stress, anxiety and excitement can cause a temporary increase in blood pressure, which is not clinically significant, does not need treatment, is not an illness, but of course can complicate our ability to diagnose this condition. So the eye examination is really helpful in uh, underlying our diagnosis of hypertension. And just as a reminder, this is how we would define hypertension or make a diagnosis. So it's either a situation where we have a patient that has a single high blood pressure reading and confirmed hypertensive target organ damage, such as the examples I'll show you a little bit later in this presentation, or we have to show that the high blood pressure is a persistent finding, so persistently above that 160 millimetres of mercury cutoff. So next question is, how are we going to assess blood pressure in our, uh, assess uh, the eyes in our hypertensive or potentially hypertensive uh, patients? And the answer to this is we're going to get some equipment, which some of which you will have in your clinic and some of which you may need to invest in. So what you will almost certainly have already is a direct ophthalmoscope. So this allows you to look at a very highly magnified view of the back of the eye. What you might not have is a hand lens. And I would really encourage you to invest in a hand lens because that's going to get you a much quicker way of getting a global view of the back of the cat's eye. And as shown on this slide, there are um, various uh, lenses available in varying costs. So on an inexpensive front, you can get something uh, like the acrylic lens shown in the, the lower picture, um, which costs just over 40 pounds when I last asked um, and is perfectly fit for purpose. Or if you are a very keen ophthalmologist, you may want to invest <clears throat> in a more expensive lens, more professional lens, if you like, such as the Volk Pan Retinal, which is shown at the top. Um, and that is probably about £200 at the moment. So it's significantly more expensive. In addition to your hand lens, you need a light source. And the first thing I would say is don't use a pen torch. So a pen torch is very cheap and cheerful. You probably have got multiple pen torches in your clinic. However, most pen torches have one setting uh, or two settings, if you like, on and off. And the on setting is very, very bright and very uncomfortable for a cat to have shone in their eye. And if you're not sure how bright your pen torch is, just try briefly to shine it in, into your own eye or a friendly colleague uh, to determine whether or not it would be fair to shine that into your cat's eye. 
ideally therefore is a dimmable light source and um, the the proper ophthalmologist uh, dimmable focusing light source would be the Finhoff uh, uh, attachment which is shown in the top right hand picture there again reasonably expensive thing to get probably about 200 pounds as well um, but a cheaper option which you will definitely have in your clinic would be to use your direct ophthalmoscope as a light source and the direct ophthalmoscope can be dimmed and you can set it to a small circle so that it is um, a suitable light source which is comfortable for the cat. In your dark room, so obviously these photos were not taken in the dark so that they were useful for you to see the positioning, but you want your room to be completely dark, blackout blinds or no windows, turn your computer screen off. Your cat's eyes will naturally dilate and therefore allow you to get a good view of the back of the eye. And that's an advantage of, of using this distant indirect ophthalmoscopy technique in that the light source is by your head. As you can see, I'm holding it by the side of, of my head just above my ear and therefore it's a long way from the eye, arm's length with your arm uh, straight and therefore the pupil doesn't really constrict which means that you get a good view of the back of the eye um, but you do need that dark room otherwise you may need to put midriatic drops into your cat's eye. So you stand arm's length from your cat, shine the light towards the eye and then adjust the angle which you are pointing yourself to the, the cat until you get a very bright topetal reflection and, and that's your cat's eyes on the road sort of image. So the middle picture here, once you have that very bright topetal reflection, you then insert the hand lens just in front of the cat's eye perpendicular to the light source. So you've got the light source going from you towards the cat and the, the hand lens uh, just in front of the eye perpendicular to the light source. And the hand lens um, you may notice has got a more bulgy side and that bulgy side heads to you, so belly to belly. Your direct ophthalmoscope, as shown on this slide, you will have almost certainly in all of your consulting rooms. So that's a useful light source, but of course it's also an ophthalmoscope. So you can um, look at the eyes more closely with that direct ophthalmoscope and get a high magnified view of the back of the eye. But the disadvantage of using that as a screening way of assessing the eyes is that because the light source is right next to the cat's eye, the pupils tend to constrict. So particularly if uh, the cat has not got severe damage at the back of the eye, you may find you're only able to to see a small portion of the fundus and that's why I prefer this distant indirect technique for getting you a, a large uh, view of the back of the eye pretty quickly within a minute or two and that often you can say yes that looks okay or no that doesn't look okay. If you do see specific lesions, of course, your direct ophthalmoscope might be helpful to look at those at a higher magnification. And then if you're very lucky, you might have a panoptic, which is a, a sort of halfway house in terms of magnification between uh, the two techniques that I've talked about um, and gives you a very nice image. But this is quite a pricey attachment to get. I think I, I paid seven or eight hundred pounds for mine. So it's probably not going to be something that you'll have uh, an opportunity to have uh, more than one of in your clinic, certainly. There is a detailed guide to ocular examination and also a detailed guide to what to look for as evidence of hypertensive damage on the website in the free download section. So what I'm going to finish off with now is just a little review of what sorts of changes to look out for um, that hopefully will help you if you do see any patients this afternoon. 
normal cat's eyes uh, generally look like the image on this slide. So a, gr a greeny yellowy sort of background colour, fairly straight vessels, the optic disc is that white circle. There are relatively few um, breed related differences in the appearance of the cat's eye. The only exception to this would be your um, subalbinotic cats. So the uh, Siamese and the ragdolls with the blue eyes and the pigmented uh, points on their bodies. So for example, uh, seal points having the brown ears, brown toes and, and brown tails, they often don't have a pigment layer at the back of their eye. So as well as seeing the retinal vessels, you see the choroidal vessels and that makes your job much harder because there is a sea of red there to start with. But for every other cat, more or less, their eyes will look like this. And that means that if you do see something different, you've got a high degree of confidence that it's likely to be significant. Hypertension can cause damage in a number of ways. It can cause damage to the retina, also to the choroidal blood vessels and layers, and also the anterior segment, as highlighted here in the bullet points. And sometimes damage in the anterior segment, so hyphema, for example, is obviously something that might be seen by a client. So you might have a client bring in a cat with blood in, in its anterior chamber, for example. And sometimes actually assessing the eye in more detail is impossible because of that blood in that anterior chamber. And that's why I included this ultrasound image here, because um, that is something that, again, many of you will have in your clinics. And you can on ultrasound putting the probe either directly onto the eyeball with after putting on a little bit of local anaesthetic or through um, the eyelid if that's more comfortable for the cat you can actually image the, the eyeball and the very bright white uh, area at the bottom of that image is the optic disc but to the left of it uh, shown with an arrow there is actually an area of retinal detachment so you can see there is a thickened bit of retina lifted off the back of the eye. Normal funduses, again, this yellowy greeny background to them. Some of the mild changes you might see would include this example where we've got some edema, these green circular areas often on the back of the eye. Pretty subtle, might be easy to miss in this sort of stage. But in more advanced examples, like the one on the left, really you can see, wow, this looks nothing like that normal image. We've got a lot that's hazy, it's out of focus because it's closer to the camera. And that's because it is edematous or even detached. Um, we've got these areas of edema, we've also got more tortuous blood vessels and then the example on the right we've now got some haemorrhage and aneurysm, lots that, that is fuzzy because it's edematous again. Um, also the diameter of the vessels you can see varies uh, which is another indication of hypertensive damage and really when you get these sorts of views it's pretty pathognomonic for hypertension which uh, should give you confidence in your diagnosis. Some patients will have a complete retinal detachment. The lovely picture on the left is one of Professor Sheila Crispin's, so taken with a you know, proper camera that shows you can see all those little vessels. This is just shining a light into the eye. We should not be able to see the retina. Um, but on the right-hand side, a clinical patient of mine, where just with the smartphone and the light on, you could see that, uh, again, the, the retina is detached and, and you can actually see vessels there. We should not be able to see that. And this patient had very severe hemodriasis, uh, no drops were given um, and was completely blind as a consequence of the hypertension. 
So in summary, eye examination, I think, is really helpful in terms of diagnosing hypertension, giving you confidence in your diagnosis. Um, also, if you're short of time, you don't have enough time to do a blood pressure measurement in your older cats coming through, for example, for vaccination, do an eye examination because um, if it's normal, um, you have got some time to play with in terms of booking that blood pressure assessment for a different day. But if you do see hypertensive changes, really, you know, now is the time I absolutely need to assess blood pressure and start this cat on some treatment. And as a reminder, if you have a high blood pressure reading before you've done your ocular exam, if your ocular examination shows hypertensive changes, that confirms your diagnosis. You don't need to show persistence of that high blood pressure reading. But if you don't have target organ damage, then you do need to demonstrate persistence of high readings before considering treatment, just to make sure that you're not uh, inadvertently treating that situational hypertension where stress and anxiety has caused the high reading. So I hope that's been helpful um, and you will find other resources on the website including a couple of videos in the video tutorial section that run through how to do an eye examination so you'll, you'll see in reality what it looks like. Um, the download also that I mentioned that shows lots of pictures of hypertensive eyes in terms of what to look out for. And also other resources beyond my website that I'd like to highlight for you would include um, the SIVA website, easethepressure.co.uk, which has a lot of resources relating to hypertension. Um, also, if you've not already seen their um, atlas of eye uh, changes associated with hypertension, then that's extremely helpful um, as, as a practice resource. And if you use SIVA products and don't have this atlas, I, I would encourage you to try and get one because it, it is a, a really, really helpful publication. Um, the Vet Times article on the right hand side is also I think a really nice recent article that goes through how to do the eye examination um, and what to look out for as well. So um, as usual running slightly over the 10 minutes that I'd intended but I uh, hope that's been helpful. Next time uh, we're looking at interpretation of blood pressure readings in cats and I hope you'll be able to join me there um, but in the meantime if you have got any questions or questions uh, please feel free to uh, fire them across. Thank you very much.